Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. I'm in Zephyr A, and Amanda's in Zephyr B. This is season 25 for me and season 21 for Amanda. And this is day 15 of season 93. Our first question asks about a fashionable pre-World War I jewelry house in Europe that was a Russian family of Huguenot descent and whose brand remains well known today. Because of an indirect association with Easter, mm -hmm. which led me to eggs, which immediately led me to Fabergé. Yep. Which I honestly, I, I didn't necessarily know was a jewelry house in and of itself. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just, I figured, yeah, okay, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Russian family, I know they were, uh, a lot of the famed Fabergé eggs were in the possession of the Tsar and Russian nobility and the like. Right. So, okay, yeah, I guess it makes sense that they were a jewelry house uh, in addition to making these little wonderments. So I'll mm -hmm. say Fabergé, and I will not spend any time trying to figure out what is accented in that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I had much the same uh, thought process, um, except that, I mean, this this is pretty much a gimme. If, if anybody gave me anything but zero points on this, <laughs> um, you you clearly don't know me very well at all um i mean you know certainly they were a jewelry house qua jewelry like hmm. earrings bracelets necklace that kind of thing brooches etc um but the eggs that they made were also made using jewelry techniques they right. were metal they were bejeweled they were they had enamel on them and things like that that would also be used in you know accessory type jewelry Makes um sense. and so so yeah, I, I knew very well that this was Fabergé, and um, uh, sometimes when you, you know, when I start reading and see, you know, fashionable jewelry houses, uh, turn of the century Europe, you know, I'll be thinking something like Givenchy or, but I mean, as soon as you get to Russian family, um, but clearly of French, you know, association or derivation too, um, and then the Easter thing really nerfs it out, so... Uh, I put down Fabergé, also with no accent mark, is why bother. And that was correct. Question two asks us, which national historic landmark is the only official royal palace in the United States? And what city is it in? Yeah, so this one is definitely one I should have thought harder about, because I think it might have been within my reach. Um, but I was, you know, I think rushing too much to submit today. Um, the first city that basically came to mind with this is New Orleans. And I don't know why it came to mind. Um, just I sort of made a, an immediate, like, implicit association that it would be a royal palace, but of some sort of European royalty that had, you know, sort of an outpost here for some reason, or something that was sort of officially a royal palace, quote unquote, that they didn't actually live in. It was just kind of um, their representation in this, you know, colonial continent or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I thought of New Orleans and then just kind of backfilled in the details. And um, I think that I was actually thinking of, like, a, you know, I was kind of trying to think what what city has a King Street in it, which seems like a fairly common one that you might have in lots of different cities. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think that I was conflating... Toronto, which does have King and Queen Streets, with New Orleans King Cake, which is the sure. um, uh, Mardi Gras associated treat. So, 
Anyway, I put New Orleans because my brain just wouldn't uh, go anywhere else. Uh, I just immediately knew this was Honolulu. Of course. Um, th- I I feel like this comes up every now and then, if not in Learned League, then uh-huh. other stuff. That, um, and it's it's one of those where you just kind of wouldn't think of it, but then you remember, oh, that's right, Hawaii was a kingdom. Yes. Before we decided that we wanted the land to grow bananas. Right. Um, so that was it. I mean, the, the corner of King Street and Richard Street didn't ring any bells for me. I right. kind of figured, okay, well, the King Street is probably named after. It's probably because of the castle there. And I don't know who Richards was necessarily in the history mm-hmm. of Hawaii, if at all. I don't either. Uh, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is Honolulu just in and of itself. Yep. And that was the correct answer. And I've, I've read about that, you know that aspect of Hawaiian history, I, I should have known. So uh, moving on from there, question three asks us about a whole bunch of sports themed <laughs> films and asks us what actor they all star. So when I saw the baseball ones kind of clustered in there in the late eighties in mm-hmm. particular, uh, I, uh, well, for the first that I saw was the 1985 cycling movie. And I thought that is that like Quicksilver with like Ethan Hawke or Kevin Bacon or one of those guys. Mm. I'm not sure. Then I saw the two baseball movies just right next to each other. And I immediately thought, oh, this has got to be Field of Dreams and Bull Durham. Mm. And that's Kevin Costner. And I kept going, 1996 Golf. Pretty sure that's when Tin Cup came out. Okay. Uh, and then another, another baseball one in 99. Don't really know what that one is off the top of my head. 2014 American Football. And I started thinking, okay, if it is Kevin Costner, what football movie was he in? He was in Draft Day, uh, which I just, within the last week or so, saw a TikTok about and was kind of reminded of. So it was still oh. fresh in my brain. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I haven't, I've never seen Draft Day. Uh, it was just this Has anybody? Scene. I don't. That's probably, not familiar at all to me. Probably did okay. Um, but, I, but I had to think, it was 2014, was that? Eight years ago, was it that long ago that Draft Day came out? Yeah, it's entirely possible. Uh, it's kind of in that vaguely sort of, you know, Kevin Costner is a post middle aged dude kind of time span. Sure. Mm. And then 2015 cross country. Uh, well, I mean, clearly he's not running in this one, so it's, pr- it's probably <laughs> some movie that he's like a coach. Mm. Um, it's kind of the uh, the part of his career that he's in i know draft day he was a coach or a manager of some kind mm-hmm. uh, so i was i was fairly confident that this was costner okay yeah for my part i none of this really sort of rang a bell for me and i was left searching for um someone who's had a career that spans this amount of time because you know not everybody's been in sports movies for this long or, mm. or in movies for this long period you know, it kind of eliminated a lot of possibilities, but also um, kind of, I think, made my brain narrow down the possibilities a little too much. And when I saw the two, like, baseball movies in quick succession with another one, uh, you know, a few years later, um, I, my mind went to Charlie Sheen, mm. um, thinking of Major League and Major sure. League Two. Sure. I th- was there a third one? I there was, feel like there was, but it was kind of a reboot. It was called Major League Back to the Minors, uh, okay. and I think it only had like one or two, if that, people from the first couple of movies. Okay, so in any case, I you know the rest of these, 
I can't imagine I would have seen. Like I, it's pretty rare that I'll watch a sports themed movie of any kind these mm. days. Um, although I kind of want to look up the cross country one because I have two cross country athletes in the family here. Um, uh, so it's, I had no idea anybody would attempt to make a movie about <laughs> that as a sport. Um, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't picture the cycling movie. I could even less picture the golf movie. Well, except that I considered a few things like, was Adam Sandler active as far back as 1985? I don't think he was. No, At least not for think... movies that I would remember. Yeah, not not as a uh, not as a, uh, a star. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, I, you know, Charlie Sheen was about the best I could do, which disgusted me because he's such a trash fire of a person. Mm. Um, but he, that was all I could think of, so I put down Sheen. It was Kevin Costner. Of course it was. I had not bothered to look up any of those movies. <laughs> uh, but I did just look up Major League Back to the Minors, and it only had Corbin Burnson, oh. uh, who was not playing anymore. He was the owner sure. uh, of the team. And it had uh, Pedro Serrano, played by Dennis Haysbert. Okay. The only people okay. who returned from the previous movies. All right, then. Which, boy, when you when you pick two that are going to be in the barely a sequel <laughs> sequel. Sure. Both. Perfectly cromulent actors. Yes. Question four asks us for a video game reminiscent of Frogger uh, that is on iOS and Android where you move your chicken through various difficult obstacles. Yeah, so I just figure if this is this character is a chicken and they're crossing a road, then probably it's called Cross the Road because that's about as prosaic as it gets. Um, and so I knew if it was anything that wasn't like derivable from the question i wasn't going to get it mm. i haven't played the game you know i don't really keep up on you know various ios game trends i'm an old who plays the few you know little time waster games that i like but uh, i don't uh, follow this kind of thing so i put down cross the road so my first thought was flappy bird oh. uh, which it's kind of an endless runner type game, but it's sideways and it's not really, I don't know that you would call it obstacles so much that okay. the, the bird is trying to flap its way through. Right. Um, and it's definitely, it's not reminiscent of Frogger and Freeway. No. Freeway, incidentally, I had and played the hell out of on the 2600. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's kind of the uh, the road half only of Frogger. I will point but out that. it's a very that... wide road, yeah. Like, there was a version of Frogger for the Atari 2600. Yes. Which I feel like is being erased in this question, mm -hmm. and I resent that. Well, uh, it was crap. So I played it so much, and it was, it was so crap. much fun. It, it, granted, All my cousins it was played not it. as good as the arcade version. It was not Nothing as, is as good as the arcade version as the 2600. Some, there were some that were pretty good. But None yeah. of them were as good as the arcade version. Yeah. So I thought, okay, it's not Flappy Bird. And then I thought, well... <laughs> Is there something that uh, was trying to bite off of the, the name and the reputation of Flappy Bird and that would have a kind of, but more with that Frogger aesthetic? What would you call that? Mm -hmm. And for some reason, Crossy Bird came mm -hmm. into mind. And I thought, okay, yeah, that makes sense. A bird trying to cross the road doesn't actually have bird or cross in the question. So sure, we'll say Crossy Bird. The answer was Crossy Road. So we reached very close. So between the two of us, I think we should each get half a point. Yeah, fair. There actually is a Crossy Bird iOS app, but it is like not even 
it's not even close to this. And, yeah. You know, clearly, <laughs> much like much like I thought this one would. You know, it's just trying to bite off of the the other more famous versions. Yeah, I haven't looked up to see whether there's an app called Cross the Road either. Mm. So, oh well, moving on. Uh, question five asks us uh, about the last name given to Indian followers of a particular ancient religion. It's Parsi, which, and it says it's a fitting name. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we can derive this. All right. And Parsi, uh, what religion does that remind one of? Nothing really floats to mind. You know, the the Parsers, the Parse sect, the Parsi, you know. <laughs> So what does Parsi sound like? Sounds like Farsi. Parsi, Farsi. Yeah, okay. I could I could see that being a sort of linguistic shift from Farsi to Parsi. Uh, and Farsi me is Iranian. Uh, and is there an ancient religion that is predominantly Iranian? And first I thought, well, is that Islam? Well, I wouldn't classify Islam as an ancient religion. Plus, I'm pretty sure that in India they're just called Muslims. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, let's go back a little more and think, oh, Zoroastrianism is in that, originated in that area, as I recall. So, uh, yeah, for lack of anything better, let's say Zoroastrian. Yeah, I um, made kind of a direct connection right there. I didn't, I, I was like, I, I know this term. It's a, an ancient religion that's associated with Iran or Persia, you know, Persia being kind of the, the connection there um, with the language and the name. Um, and so, yeah, it just kind of, I looked at the questions early in the morning and this is one where I just kind of had to stop thinking about him, go on about my day. And a short while later, Zoro Zoroastrianism popped to mind. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I, once I figured that out, I was pretty certain it was right. So that's what I put down. And that was correct. Well done. Question six asks us, what language did Steingrummer Thorsteinson translate a lot of stuff into? So, like, all, we were given um, the titles of a lot of sort of works of uh, European fiction of various types, and we're given the translations in parentheses, all of which, uh, between the way they are written out and the surname of this person, Thorstensen, um, the double S in son is very Icelandic. Um, that plus all the interesting like diacritical or accent marks mm -hmm. that are over things. We've also got a Thor symbol in one of these mm -hmm. um, for the thousand Ainot, uh, which I'm sure I'm not pronouncing right because I don't speak Icelandic. Um, but all of these sort of telltale characters and punctuation and so on uh plus the name of the author once again uh all pointed towards icelandic so that's what i put down yeah um ditto i saw thorsteinson and thought oh this is probably icelandic and i saw the the thorn uh i saw the other the other one they have that's kind of like a cursive d with a little cross on it right uh and just thought this has got to be Icelandic mm -hmm. like it's I don't, I don't think any other uh, languages use those particular characters anymore mm -hmm. um, so yeah that's just had to be Icelandic yep and that is the correct answer 
Like it only gave me three on the day, Oof. which I don't love. I, I feel like at least two of those with, were within my reach and my brain just did an end run around to some other place. Mm. Reasonable. So, but you had. I had five. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't think I ever would have gotten to uh, Crossy Road. Nor I. Just there. I I, th- I think that one was not quite enough to logic into if I'd maybe heard of Crossy Road mm. more recently. I, I think I may have heard those two words together ever mm-hmm. previously, but it didn't stick. If I Maybe if I'd heard it more recently, I, it would have, but not that one. Yeah, I, I have, like I said, not heard about this at all before today i don't think and uh so i if i were uh, 20 years younger and really (laughs) in the midst of knowing the way that like millennials or whoever are modifying language and you know using slang in different ways uh then maybe i could have kind of logic my way in there but i mean why would i just cross the road was right there so um yeah wasn't getting to that one so so much for that well uh that's it for today tune in tomorrow for more post-game analysis and remember don't forfeit don't cheat